This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast, which is kindly sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. My name is Tom Ward and I'm joined this evening by David. Good evening, Tom. Evening, mate. And I'm delighted to say we are also joined by a very special guest. Our guest this evening started his career at the Sky Blues and broke into the first team in 2014. He went on to make 42 appearances and scored a very memorable goal at Wembley. He signed for Leicester in 2017 and had loan spells at Scunthorpe and Den Haag. He now plays for Queen's Park Rangers and he's also represented Wales at international level. I'm, of course, talking about George Thomas. Evening, George, and thanks a lot for giving up some of your time to join us on the Skyview's Extra podcast. No, no worries. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really, really appreciate it. Um, what we tend to do, George, is kind of go right back to the start, really, and, and understand a bit more about you, I guess, your, your upbringing. So tell us about some of your early football me- footballing memories. Early footballing memories? Well, um, I'm from Leicester and uh, came up when I was younger. My dad, my granddad, big, big impacts in my life. Put a ball in for me when I, from a young age, probably four or five. And then from about seven, eight years old, I remember coming over for a trial with Coventry. Um, me and Ben Stevenson, because we both played for the same team uh, back in Leicester. And uh, on the first night, I even remember the first session, uh, there's even had players like the Dion and Devon, Kelly Evans, you had Madders there as well. I remember the first session, I had quite a good one, and me and Ben both signed on the night. Nice. Uh, so, no, that was about when I was seven or eight years old. And then, obviously, coming through the years at Coventry, I was there for 11 years in the end, I think. Yeah. Uh, did you um, Did you watch football as a kid as well as playing? Yeah, I, I didn't really have a team, to be really honest. Like, I, I just loved watching football. Like, I watched everyone. Obviously, as a Leicester lad, I probably was uh, a bit of a Leicester fan, but I just love watching all the games, everyone. Yeah, fair enough. And um, were there any sort of players that you kind of idolised or, I guess, modelled yourself on when you were young? Modelled myself on? I'd probably say growing up when I was younger, 
So I used to be like a little number 10 or striker. Wayne Rooney. Yeah. Just, just because of his tenacity and just the way he was on the ball. I thought he shook the ball so well. Someone I sort of modelled my game around, I would say, to answer that question. Yeah, I'd say not, not a bad player to, to model yourself on, especially yeah. back then. Not, not, not quite got to his level yet, but... <laughs> plenty of time, plenty of time. Plenty of time. And you mentioned, George, about getting into the youth setup at Coventry. How did that actually come about? How did that happen? Was it scouting? You mentioned about the team that you played played for. So was that sort of scouts going around the area? Yeah, it was, um, we had quite a nice little Sunday league team down in uh, Leicester. I played for OB House. Um, and we played, I remember we just played loads of tournaments, especially in the summers. And I think it was maybe a tournament in Hinkley or Nuneaton. Right. Uh, and there was a there's a scout there, um, Chris Brown and Ray Gooden, and they saw me and Ben both play, and they're like the look of us, so they invited us down. But obviously, it was quite a big commitment for like my dad and uh, yeah, dad, my granddad, my parents, and obviously Ben's parents as well. Um, so, how often would you have to travel then um, once that sort of kicks off? In the early days, it was two or three. It was two times a week for training, then games on Sundays when we were younger. And as we came through the years, it turned to three days and then a game on the Saturday. And then obviously when you get to 16, no, 14, 15, it turns into day release as well, where you miss a day of school. Yeah. Of Coventry. So it was it was a big, big sort of thing for our families as well. And me and Ben would say the same thing. We're always in the incredible debt to them for the amount they did for us. Yeah. Some car sharing, I imagine. Yeah, car sharing and that. But yeah, it's, it's quite a long way, especially when they're working full-time jobs as well. So Yeah. Yeah, because usually you'd have to get there fairly decent time, wouldn't you? Because of the light and stuff, I expect, and and things like that yeah, sometimes. Yeah, exactly. So we'd always just sit straight after school, and then we just have to meet each other. Or I think I get picked up by one of Ben's parents, or we'd pick him up, and yeah, it was straight over to Coventry, and then we wouldn't get back till nine or ten in the evening as well. Yeah, no, it it is. We we obviously speak to a lot of players, and and one thing that always strikes us is you know the levels of commitment that you have to have it very very early on. Um, just speaking about some of the coaches perhaps that you, you, you've sort of worked under that helped you progress your game once you, you sort of got to Coventry yeah, is there anyone I've, that sticks out in your mind? No I've, I really really love my time at Coventry and I had some really really good coaches I remember in the early days we had I was Ricky uh, actually my dad uh, my dad brought around one of my old report cards uh, yesterday uh, I think it was one from when we had Rick Walker he was my coach at under 11s I think I remember him I had Steve Sims for one year, another good coach. He really, really helped me, especially sure. like developing to more of a striker as well. Yeah. Then obviously, later, late, oh, I feel bad for missing out a few people, but um, it always yeah. happens. And obviously, later on down the line, Rick, obviously, Rick Stevens and Gregory Ock, when I was younger, coming through, they were really, really good and really helped me uh, progress and make, make myself a better player. Yeah, brilliant. And when you got into, in, into the the group, you know, once you got into Coventry, were there any players that in your age group that, that stood out that you just go, you know, that guy's a baller, definitely going to probably make it? Um, was there anyone that stuck out for you when you first joined? Yeah, I, I definitely. Well, we had, I'd always said we had quite a good age group. We had quite a good team. We're always a smaller team. So back in the early days, we always used to pop teams and play really well, but lose the game because we used to get bullied out of it. But we had, obviously, when you saw Madders or someone like that, the way he moved on the ball and the way he could control the ball, you knew he was going to be a good player. Um, but yeah, it was me, Madders, coming up, we had Dion and Devon, Kelly Evans, Kian Harris, Ben Stevenson. We had, we had a really good team. 
Yeah, when you look like that, you did have a pretty good age group, didn't you? Especially yeah. with Madders. He's... Oh, he was, yeah. But yeah, he, he, to answer your question, <laughs> sorry, I went off a bit of a tangent there. Yeah, to answer your question, he was, he was the one, obviously, that you sort of looked at and playing through the age groups, the one that would stand out out of everyone. And yeah, the way he moved on the ball, it was just different to everyone else. He could do things that no one else could do. Yeah, I remember I was at the game. At, I think it was at Wickham away in the in the cup when he made his debut, and he, he was really young and quite small at the time. And yeah. even then, you could just sort of he had that like class about him, and you could just tell there was something about him that was different. Yeah. So yeah, I know what you mean by that for sure. Yeah, he, um, he always carried himself well on the pitch, and yeah, you could just tell by looking for the first time he was going to be a good player. Mm. And you obviously got your call up to the first team in 2014. Um, how does it sort of work? Do you do, does the manager just call you in and say you're going to be in the first team, or like do you, do you sort of hear about it in training? Like how, how does it work? It was it was a weird it was a weird year because because it was my it was when I was a first year scholar. It was my first sort of year out of school and in full time football. Um, so we were it was, again. It's fortunate in a way at the club being at Coventry because we were all in the same building under 18s and the, the first team. So we're always in and around the first team and the first team staff were there and they all got to know us. And for the first couple of months I was there, everyone got to train with the first team and sort of be involved and see who they like the like of. So that's again where we we're fortunate because the manager at the time as well, Stephen Presley, yeah, he was, I can't say enough nice things about him. Like he was so good with the young lads. He got us all involved and he'd always as well like he had his philosophy and way of playing with the team and he sort of instilled that in the under 21s and the 18s. So when, when people did come up, they knew what they were doing and it would, I have to say it was a, it was really good. And obviously making, oh yeah, made my debut my first year scholar as well. So it was pretty early on and it was just, I just had the taste for it. And then from then it was just like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting what you say about Stephen Presley, because actually it's a, from a lot of the managers you've had, he, he was good at bringing players through, wasn't he? I mean, I think he brought Callum Wilson through in his time. And like you say, it seems that he was sort of, yeah, his philosophy is transferring to the young lads as well as the first team, which I suppose helped, didn't it? Yeah, well, he, he really he really helped me as well, just because the sort of player I was as well. He, he had a, he had a bit, little bit of belief in me and really helped me progress my game. Yeah. Uh, and go, go further, because obviously at the time, Coming into first team foot, um, into full time football for the first time, it, it, well, I don't want to say it's scary, but it can be a bit daunting at times, and really did help yeah, me. It helped a lot of people as well. Mm. Did he? Uh, did he say anything to you like specifically before that your your debut? Did he? Did he like have a word with you and sort of talk about what he expected from you? Uh, <laughs> you you knew, especially with him as well. Uh, you knew what was required of you, and you knew what you had to do in the team or. Um, you knew your job, but it was it was weird as well because we're training the day before the game, and obviously you hear you hear rumours about and you might be playing or something like this. But obviously, I'd never even sort of been on the bench before either. I think I'd made one bench appearance before the Leighton Orient game. Yeah, and we were tra- we're training the day before, and uh, uh, obviously we're doing we're doing the team shape as well. So he'll name the team, and we're working on the shape. And obviously, as a sixteen year old, we do all the jobs, so we do all the the water bottles, pump up the balls, get all the equipment out, get the bibs. So I just went over to go and get the bibs and hand the bibs out. Uh, so I've, he's naming the team and I've sort of given the bibs out. Uh, and I've sort of, I didn't hear my name on the team, on the team of the bibs, like the team that normally go against the team that's playing. So I'm just presuming like I'm not involved because there's too many people training. So I've just gone to Neil McFarlane. Oh, uh, is, uh, 
uh, am I not involved in this then? Do I go over there and do some finishing? <laughs> he went, no, 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 you're over there. You're, you're starting, mate. I was like, flipping out. I was a bit of a, <laughs> I was not expecting Either that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was a, that was a, an interesting one and a good moment to be fair. Yeah. How does it feel at that point then? Is it like the nerves sort of kicking a bit? Is it, I suppose you're quite excited to make that debut? Yeah, it was a bit out of the blue as well. I was really excited and obviously, <laughs> yeah, very nervous. I think I was, yeah, 16 at the time. Wow, yeah, I was young, isn't it? Yeah, and, and the, it was obviously Leighton Orient, uh, who were at the time, I think they were second in the league or top of the league. Yeah. On a Tuesday night away from home. So, yeah, it was a, <laughs> it was an interesting one. Yeah, and obviously we, we went on to lose that game. Um, do you remember much from it at all? I do. I, I remember being cold <laughs> for a start. Uh, yeah, I can remember walking up the stairs as well, uh, out onto the onto the pitch. Like, it was probably the, obviously the most I've played in front of. It's not a massive place, but at the time, yeah, a little bit daunting. It was, yeah, because it was a big deal league game as well. Uh, when my dad and my sister were there as well. Uh, and, they, yeah, it was a tough game. I was a young 16-year-old. I think I was not the tallest in the world. I think I played up front on my own. So it was a little bit of a tricky one, but no, I really enjoyed the game. And towards the sort of later on that season, you sort of got a good run of games. It must have been pleasing to be involved a lot more. And how did you sort of find that? I love the experience. It was yeah. a great taste for me as well, especially early on as well. So I've got that taste and you just want to get more of it. There was, there was one game as well. I think it was when I was, I, think I just turned 17 against Sheffield United away. Yeah. And that was sort of my first real taste of that was that was loud. I didn't I didn't play that many games at home to be honest. I was all my games were away. Yeah, uh, but but no, Bramall Lane. I remember that one. We were two 0 up. I think um, one of their players got sent off as well, uh, and I've come on. And then they, I think they scored one. They scored another one. I think we finished it two all. But yeah, that was a that was probably the most I played in front of at the time. That was a good one. A nice feeling. And you obviously spoke highly of Stephen Presley. Um, what did you make of Tony Mowbray when he came in as a manager? And how did he? How was he different to to maybe Stephen Presley? Uh, again, another another manager I'd speak highly of as well. He he loved football. He loves football. He yeah. Talked, he wants to talk about football all the time. Watches every single game. Wants to talk about football. And if if you like football, he's a he's a great manager for you. Um, He's, uh, as I said, he's very, I don't know, find the right word, like a student of the games, like a student yeah. of the games. He always yeah. learn. And he, he really can, like, for intelligent players, he can be an absolute dream for you and really help you with your game. Yeah. He, he obviously made um, some really impressive signings and there were some loans like Jacob Murphy, Adam Armstrong that came in in that summer. Were you impressed with the team that he was building and putting together? I mean, yeah, that team, that team, we should have got promoted that year, really, looking yeah. back. I mean, that was, a, that was a great team. It was, obviously, you had Jacob Murphy, Adam Armstrong, Ryan Kent on loan as well. Yeah. Joe Cole, you had Madders, Ruben, Jim O'Brien, Flecky. That was, that was a really good Hell team. Hell team, yeah. It was, it was a good place to be around as well. Especially I'd imagine, yeah. There's a mixture of experience with like Joe Cole and of course you know exciting players yeah, alongside you as well. Yeah, yeah, no, no, and obviously we have players of that sort of caliber as well. It it helps you with your game as well because even though you might not get many minutes or you're not playing as much as you'd like, like even just training with players like that, they help you so much. And everyone, it was a really good dressing room, a really good change room to be in. 
Yeah. Obviously, with players like Adam Armstrong coming in, did did Tony Mowbray say much to you about kind of what your role would be in the squad that season? Oh, it's a long time ago now. <laughs> uh, was it like a case of sort of fighting for your place in the team or like against him or? It was sort of like, because obviously when he, when he came in, I think I was 17 turning 18. I don't think I'd even signed my first professional deal by then. I was still sort of finding my feet and just trying to prove myself and try and, well, try and earn that professional contract as well. So um, it was just a case of me just keep training well, maybe a chance will come, maybe it won't. It's one of those things. Um, yeah. That was the case back in the day. Yeah, because obviously when we started that season, we started really, really well. Uh, and I wasn't, I was came off the bench a few times. I don't think I started one at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, you, I think you featured in the opening day win against Wigan, which obviously, like I say, was a great start mm-hmm. to the season. Um, mm-hmm. Then you went out on loan to Yeovil, I think. Is yeah, that right? Yeovil, yeah. It was um, we had Fleetwood away, didn't we? And I went out after that. Yeah. Is that like with that loan move, is that something you kind of pushed or was it the club saying, like, we think you should go out on loan? Like, how, how does it work? Yeah. At, at the time, I, I was just, I was, I can't remember the time actually, flipping heck, it was a long time ago now. <laughs> um, I think it, was, it was just like the uh, the situation arose, like Yoba were looking for a player like me. And I yeah. think it was the, of the idea, because at the time it wasn't where you had to do loans in the window either. You could do like months yeah, of loans any time in the season. And I think it just, it would, would have been good for me. Obviously I spoke to the manager and he thought it'd just be good for me to go and get that sort of week in, week out experience. Yeah. And obviously, when the team, team was so strong at Coventry, it was going to be hard to come by for minutes as well because he kept adding players during the season as well. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, it was an invaluable experience, to be honest. I was there for like two months. It was good. Yeah, I was going to say, because you've had a few sort of loan spells in your career. Like, how, how much do they help you to develop as a player? Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially that first one as well. I mean, I was only there for sort of two months. But again, that was, even though I've been in part of the Coventry sort of set up for those first two years of my, my career it was, it was my first real taste of sort of like I don't want to say men's football was like my first taste of week in week out mm. like Saturday to Saturday in the team sort of thing it was it was mm. a good experience obviously living away from home as well a long way away it was a, it was a good experience you're listening to Sky Blues Extra yeah, a lot of people say that, don't they? It's um, when you go out on loan, it's a bit you get out of get out of where you you know you usually are and where you're about, and it gives you a chance to you know to get out of where perhaps where you are, and and it's a nice change. Um, was it nice to come back towards the end of the season though, and and feature for for Coventry? There was a couple of decent wins, um, Sheffield United and, and Oldham, and you you featured in both of them. Yeah, I played a couple of games towards the end of that season. Uh, and then obviously coming back into a into a team like that as well, it was that was one of the that was a great team to be a part of. But yeah, it was obviously it was a bit disappointing towards the end as well, uh, just because of where we ended up finishing. Yeah, sort of petered season. off. Yeah, and obviously where we were at Christmas and in January, we were absolutely flying. Yeah, so it was obviously. But I was happy to play the games and be involved. And obviously that was going to be me, sort of coming back the next summer and pushing to be a part of it a bit more as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, coming back in, you'd imagine, you know, you're hoping to, to, to be around it, aren't you? And the, the yeah. recruitment in the summer of 2016, it, it didn't seem as, as, as well, it didn't seem to go as well, perhaps as the previous summer um, in the players that come in. Did, did you feel that at all? Or did you still feel that the momentum was continuing from the previous season? 
Yeah, I still felt we 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 felt like we had a little bit of momentum still, and we still had we still had some top quality players in the squad as well. But uh, I know it was a bit of a weird one at the start of the season. I don't I can't even put my finger on it or anything. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a, it was a tough start. I don't know, just nothing was clicking. And um, did did you find it unsettling? Like you say, nothing was clicking. I think it was a, a ten games without a, a win and. and Tony Mowbray left left the club. It, it's probably always going to be difficult when that happened, but was it quite unsettling when when he did leave? Um, it was yeah, it was it was a little bit sort of like I don't know, it was a bit out of the blue as well. It was I wouldn't say unsettling because at the end of the day we get on your job, yeah. You sort of yeah, get on get on with it sort of thing. You just got to play football and do the best you can. Um, but yeah, it was it was a it was a very strange start to the season. It was hard for us to get going. We were struggling to score goals, weren't we? Yeah, it was, it was definitely a tough start. But um, I know you got your first goal against Wickham in the checker trade. Um, that, that must have been a nice nice feeling for you personally. Yeah, it was, it was sort of a, a long time coming. So I start. I remember that, yeah that season at the start. I played a couple of games and then I sort of found myself out of the picture for a while. Um, Obviously, I played a couple of games. Didn't we didn't score many, and then I sort of got dropped from the team for a little bit. So obviously, after Christmas, just that checker trade game, I started sort of getting back into the fold again. And yeah, that was a I remember that uh, game Wickham away in the checker trade. That my first goal. That was a that was a good moment. That because it was a long time coming. Hmm. Yeah, and obviously it was a difficult season for the Sky Blues, but you know you were one of the standout players that year and scored a lot of goals in the checker trade. Um, what do you think was going well in those games perhaps compared to the league because you know it does seem the team was sort of really up for it in those games and then seeing the league it just wasn't really clicking was it I, I couldn't I couldn't put my finger I couldn't even tell you do you think it was just like a break from the league maybe or you know I don't know or, or maybe I mean we were going into every game anyway just obviously trying to win yeah obviously there was big pressure in the league games because we weren't winning many so it was a Every game we're going into, it sort of turned more and more into a must-win. I mean, we put ourselves into a really sticky position after Christmas. And we, yeah, so we were hardly winning. Then we won a couple of games. I remember we thought we can do this. And then yeah, we, I, don't, I can't remember what happened. Yeah, but it, it's it's tough when the team's struggling a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose the longer the check trade goes on, the more you think actually we're not that far from Wembley. But I remember people sort of was counting down like, oh, we're three games from Wembley, two games from Wembley. And then I suppose it probably gives you that extra bit of kind of momentum, doesn't it? To, to yeah, kind of go think, for it. I think it was the Swansea away game where it was yeah. like, I flipped it, we've got a chance here against Wembley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was it. I mean, we flipping took, we took about five, 600 fans that day as well, I think. Yeah, I remember that. Was that against their under 21s, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was against yeah. Uh, their place. And yeah. I couldn't believe that. it was a it was a Tuesday night I think <laughs> during the week it was in the uh, middle of the week Swansea away and we took a good I'd say six seven hundred fans I couldn't believe it that's cough fans for you isn't it yeah quality M- they were out that night as well <laughs> that was yeah that was a good good night that was yeah another really memorable night was the uh, the, the semi final um, at the Rico and obviously you grabbed a goal in that game as well mm. um, that must have been a special evening for you. Yeah, it was, especially because of the way things were sort of going in the league as well and just the way the season had gone as a whole. It was sort of our chance to sort of, well, obviously get to Wembley. It was, a, it was a, it would have been a big occasion. And 
yeah, it was just not especially because we we well, we didn't pack it out, but we we had quite a few fans there as well, didn't we? Yeah, game was yeah. awesome. That was a that was a good night. That was I really enjoyed that. Because after the game as well, all the fans came onto the pitch as yeah, well. I was say. <laughs> they came swarming onto the pitch. Yeah, it'd been it'd been a little while since we've been to Wembley at that point. So I think everyone got yeah. everyone got a little bit overexcited, didn't they? <laughs> I know. Oh, I got overexcited as well. Don't worry, I was running around like a headless chicken as well. Yeah. No, that was a, that was a great night as well, and I, I enjoyed that goal as well. That was probably one of my favourite goals. Mm. Yeah, and you, it, like you say, you must have been so excited to to play at Wembley. What what was the build up like for that? And um, yeah, just how you were feeling, really. You know, the, the prospect of playing at Wembley—it's huge, isn't it? I know, but I think I remember like the semi-final was in like February or something. Yeah, and then we didn't have the final till obviously I think it was April the second. So it was it was a good, a good two two and a bit months before the final. So we all knew we were going to Wembley, but we still had a good fifteen league games up in in between. And obviously we had to focus on the league. But obviously in the week or two leading up to Wembley, there was this. It, there was a lot of there was a lot of media and a lot of excitement. Like everyone was really looking forward to that. Obviously a big day out at Wembley. Yeah, I can always remember the week leading up to it. It was a really good week as well. Everyone was buzzing. The whole place was buzzing. Yeah, it's great. With with the club obviously expected to be relegating it, it must have been a nice distraction away from the league that to have to have that to to look forward to as, as much as it's difficult like you say week in week out it, it, at least there was you know, something there that was a nice distraction for the players it was, yeah it's a distraction something to look forward to as well but again it was not, bit, not bittersweet but like it, again because of well, the way the season was sort of going it, yeah it's not a nice it's not a nice feeling like where we were and it's horrible like it, it hurts it hurts as well to be down there and not be playing well and things like that and not winning games. So obviously, I know it hurts everyone. It hurts the players. It hurts the fans as well. And it's not nice. So obviously, as you said, Wembley was a nice distraction, but it still didn't sort of take away from how the season went. Yeah, no, completely understand that. And Mark Robbins, you know, we already know what what he's done at, at the club. But for you, perhaps, and um, for the club at the time, what what impact did he have when he he came in as manager? I I really I really liked him. I I thought it was really good. It was good for the team as well. I mean, you you saw it towards the end of the, in in the league as well. Towards the end of the season, we were playing good football. We were winning yeah. games. But I think <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't think we finished third third bottom in the end, like, but we were right down there. Yeah, well, well, it doesn't matter anyway. But now when he when he came in, it was sort of we we seemed to play with a little bit more freedom, and we were getting a few results. And obviously, we got a few wins leading up to Wembley as well, which I think definitely helped us yeah. on that day. Uh, no, it was a, it was a it was a good place to obviously despite the outcome, it was a good place to be towards the end. Yeah. It's interesting you say that about that good bit of form at the end. I think a few people we've had on the podcast have said that yeah, maybe if he'd come in a month or two earlier, you might have just been able to save us. But I think it's probably just a little bit too late, wasn't it, really, in the end? I yeah. think it was maybe a planning for the next season to get us back up at that yeah, point. Definitely. But yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. But obviously, the next season and the seasons after, the yeah. team's done really, really well. And obviously, the manager's done a top, top job. Yeah. Yeah, we probably wouldn't change it now. Now how it's worked out. Yeah, looking back on it now, yeah. You almost have to sort of go to rock bottom, don't you? And then build again. And it seemed to work quite well for us. So, no, definitely. Yeah. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And um, obviously on the day of Wembley, what was it like sort of walking out and looking across and seeing 40,000 Coventry fans in one end of Wembley? No, I'll never forget it. <laughs> what, what a day. I'll, I'll never forget that. I mean, by that point, I played quite a few games. I didn't really have those sort of butterflies in my stomach or I didn't really get nervous before games anymore. But in that tunnel where I could hear the fans, that was loud. Yeah, I can imagine. That was, yeah, I was, I was proper bricking myself, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, because you know what it means to everyone as well. It was such mm. a, it was such a big day for us. And obviously the the flames were going up as well. You could feel the heat. I'll, I'll be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit nervous walking out that day. It was a hot day if I remember as well, wasn't it? It was roasting when it was yeah. a lovely day. Yeah. Uh, no, obviously lead up to it as well. I mean, everyone wants to start that game as well and be involved and I think the yeah. week before we played Bristol Rovers at home and we won one nil and I scored the goal towards the end so I was yeah, like yeah. That, that was a nice one so I was like yeah I think I'll be playing at Wembley now yeah yeah I think I've nice. secured my place in the team what was the like players mentality because I know like as fans we we kind of saw it as like a bit of a day out really and yeah. like you know we weren't too were too worried about the result, although I will say when we were two one up with five minutes to go, I was absolutely bricking it as well. Oh, well, um, well. But did you like from the players' mentality, were you sort of really focused on winning winning the, the trophy that day? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. I mean, obviously not. We we we've done well to get there. And as you said, it was a distraction from what what else was going on. So we were all dying to go there and win, obviously. It was my first, well, it's the only time I've been there so far, but my first time at Wembley, obviously, you want to walk up the stairs and lift the trophy and... Yeah, of course. Uh, the occasion, but obviously, the way it went was perfect in the end. Yeah, they say, like, no, no one wants to lose at Wembley, do they? Like, it's no, the worst for a player. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it was a great start to the game. Obviously, Bigger Amana scored in the 11th minute. Um, did you sort of get that little feeling that it was going to be our day at that point? Yeah, so, to be fair, as soon as I got win, I was like, hang on. <laughs> hang on, we're going to do this. We're going to win. Obviously, it's a long way to go, but we, I felt that it was the first half was a little bit weird. Obviously, they were they were dominating possession, I'd say. We had some good spells, but it was what we, we felt good. I thought we were good that day. I thought we were very good. Yeah. And obviously, so- just the, fa- the fans were so loud as well. What <laughs> Yeah, so it's funny that, isn't it? Like you're saying, like quite even at the start, but sometimes in those finals, it's like who you know who gets that first goal, who breaks first, mm-hmm. and those little moments can sort of make all different. And once you've got something to hang on to as well, you just felt like we could we could do something. And obviously, because yeah, we went into the game as a sort of I'd say underdog as well, mm. just because of the league position, they were doing well as well at the time. It was also nice, sort of doing that. It's always nice being the underdog and winning. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
Yeah, when when Biggie scored that goal, flipping heck. Blown. Yeah. I was sprinted over off the pitch. I was absolutely blown again to celebrate. It was like he, he didn't really know what to do in the celebration either, did he? He was just going mental. He was really mad. <laughs> yeah, it was a good weekend for him as well. He just had his kid was born a couple of days before, wasn't it? Yeah, All of course. Happened. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, and let's talk about that goal, which I'm sure all our listeners are looking forward to hearing about. Um, what was going through your mind when the ball came across from from Carl Reed? Oh, you know, I don't even like. <laughs> The ball came over and obviously it was in the air one. I was just like, okay, don't mess up your first touch. <laughs> I was like, just get it under, then we can decide what we're going to do with it. And then I had the first touch and it sort of got stuck underneath me a little bit. The touch was almost too good. Yeah. And then I don't know what, I couldn't even tell you why I did it or what happened. It was just instinct. I just hit it. But, and it was one of those where as soon as the ball left my foot, you knew it was you going in. Yeah. I think we felt like that from beyond the goal, to be honest. You just knew it was going to hit the back of the net. Yeah, you just knew it was going to go in. And then when I seen it go in, I would, I'd never experienced a feeling like it. The, the noise, the noise. <laughs> Sarpit was in that end as well because the noise was unbelievable. Yeah. And going, I'm just running over to the corner flag. It was like a sort of haze. Yeah. I, 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 I had no idea what was going on. I couldn't I believe say, it. Do you, even, do you even know what to do for your celebration I've, at that point? <laughs> I, just, I don't know what happened I, obviously when it went in I just started sprinting over I had no idea what was going on <laughs> I think I, yeah and then everyone came running over <laughs> absolute carnage the fans were going crazy I ended up flipping someone ended up punching me in the nose <laughs> wow. I think it was Ben <laughs> I, I, I don't know who it was but I ended up and then as I'm walking back to the halfway line obviously the rest telling me to hurry up but I'm just taking it all in yeah and then he says, you need to go off the pitch. So I'm like, what are you on about? I ain't being dragged out, but I've just scored a goal. <laughs> and he said, no, he's got off the pitch. Your nose is bleeding. Oh, wow. <laughs> I did change my shirt. That's why I wore a baggy shirt for the rest of the game. Oh, wow. Don't think anyone even noticed that, to be honest, at the time. Yeah, yeah I don't think anyone was really watching that at the time. Yeah. They're too busy picking up their ears. Exactly. Have you watched the um, video back with Titanic music? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got that saved on my phone. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've watched that a few times. It's pretty special. Yeah, everyone sort of puts it up around the time of the anniversary as well. Yeah, yeah, so it's it, nice, it was, nice yeah. to have that memory, isn't it? Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was a great moment and a great day. It's it, it's obviously up there, but it must feel very special to to score at, at Wembley, like you say, especially being the, the first time that you were, were there. What were you thinking when you were walking back, apart from holding your nose, possibly? But when you were walking back to the, the is, is it hard to take it all in? And... Yeah, it. I don't know. It's a hard feeling to explain because you, your mind is absolutely everywhere because you sort of, you, can't, you can't believe what's just happened. Like especially the sort of way the ball went in as well, like it's probably the best goal I've scored. Yeah. Uh, Very yeah, special. And obviously the fans are still going crazy. It's loud. And you hear the um I remember hearing the guy in the tannoy as well. Yeah. Uh and it's it, when as soon as I heard that again, it was like flipping heck, I've done it right here. <laughs> We're gonna win this now. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing, isn't it? Because of of sort of putting it to bed. Um I, I guess. Um and a lot of people say that that game was a, a huge turning point for the club. Would you would you agree with that? Um, I mean, you, you could look at it that way. I'm not. I'm not too sure. I've, 
obviously it was a, it was a great day and yeah, because we, we played well to the end of the season, so maybe you could say that. I don't know, but I think I think the team as well, and the, obviously the new manager coming in, they've they've done a lot of work as well, and they've changed it around, and it's yeah, it's done so well to change it around as well. I mean, the next season, I was still watching, seeing the highlights every week, and watching everyone because obviously all my mates still playing there, and, yeah, and and obviously that, that day at Wembley as well, it was such a a nice day as well because it was with the team that I've spent all of my life with, yeah. And it was a really, doing it with my friends on the pitch I've been playing with for years and years as well. It was a, looking back on it, it was just, I couldn't have pictured it any better. Yeah, no, exactly. And I'd imagine there was some pretty uh, pretty big celebrations um, after the game. Is it a bit of a, a whirlwind once once that is? And, you know, after leaving the ground and and, and going back, and I expect them going back for, for some celebrations. It's Yeah, definitely, probably, obviously, when... Obviously, when you get back into the changing room as well, everyone's. I can remember it. Everyone, yeah. everyone was. We, I mean, we stayed outside on the pitch for ages as well. I mean, the fans were there for flipping ages. <laughs> we're celebrating for ages. It was unbelievable. And then obviously back on the coach as well. And we we had flipping. The game was on a Sunday, wasn't it? We had Sheffield United away on the Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, but it was it was a it was a good night as well. It was enjoyable. We were supposed to be in the next day. That didn't happen then, did it? Got a pass. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think, I think we need to stay off in the end. Not, yeah. not the best preparations for Sheffield United, but well, I think the fans would definitely forgive you for that for that special day. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. The Sky Blues did get relegated in the end that season. Um, I guess, like you were saying, it must have been a bit bittersweet because you obviously personally had a really good season, but obviously the team got relegated, so... How did you feel at the end of the season? Was it was it a bit of a mixture of feelings for yourself? It was, yeah, it was a massive mixture of feelings. Like obviously because of the euphoria you have of that big day, and then as I said, the, the whole season as a whole was just awful. Like it's, it is a horrible, horrible feeling being being in a relegated team because of the, you feel like you've let everyone down and you've let the fans down. You've let everyone, and it's, it is a really, really horrible feeling. Um, and yeah, you just don't know what's going to happen. And obviously, in the summer of 2017, you left the Sky Blues to join Leicester. Um, was that a difficult decision for you? Yeah, it, it was. It's one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. I mean, it was one of those like throughout the season as well. My, I knew my contract was up um, at the end of the season. I mean, I was. I was. I wanted to. We're going to sign a deal during the season, and it sort of got taken away, and it didn't end up happening, and st- things like that. And then obviously I started doing all right and playing some games, and I was never avidly looking to to leave the club. Um, like I love Coventry, like in my heart, love love the place, love the people there, love the fans. Um, but then obviously the in the summer. Uh, opportunity arose that there was a little bit of interest and so I just had to ex- see what was there for me and obviously it came around that Leicester were there and obviously live around the corner and from Leicester and it, yeah. it, just, it just made sense it was a chance it was it was a chance for me to, I, I play football because I want to try and play want to be the best I can be basically and try and play it was a good chance for me to sort of try and test myself and say right let's give it a go sort of thing let's yeah. 
let's sort of see what I can do and how high I can get. Um, yeah, and it must be hard to, to turn that down right when a big, you know, let's not let's face it, Leicester are a massive club now, aren't they? Yeah, um, you know, in, in the Premier League, and I guess it, when the club like that are looking, it's it's hard to hard to turn it down, really. No, it is hard. Well, it was it was it was hard. It was, it was hard. Yeah, you can't really turn it down. But again, it was hard as well because it was Coventry's the only club I'd ever been at as well. It was like yeah, you first move. Yeah, it, it was home. It was basically home for me. I did love the club, but then again, you can't turn down that opportunity and I've no regrets like really really enjoyed my time there I love my time at Coventry obviously and I really enjoyed my time at Leicester as well like yeah. I wouldn't change anything but obviously at Leicester you're involved in the kind of development setup what what was that like there and I suppose was it quite different to playing first team football in League One uh, well it was um, I was also got into the building and started off it was what Started off with the 23s. Yeah. Um, but I, I started and I, I actually, my first couple of weeks at Leicester, I started really well. Um, was training well. Trained with the first team now and again and I was playing well for the under 23s. And I was I was sort of knocking on the door. I was I was pushing. Um, and I got on the bench a couple of times as well. Um, and then at the end of that season, uh, I got my first international call-up as well for the full team at work for the seniors at Wales and uh, yeah that was a good feeling as well but yeah comparing it to to league one obviously if, if, yeah, I want to be I wanted to be playing football week in week out but again this is my sort of chance to mm. test myself and see how high I could get yeah of course um, obviously I'd much sure I'll be playing football week in week out but it, it was sort of the, the jump I took yeah, exactly. You mentioned there about um, your call up to to Wales. Obviously, there's some big moments, isn't there, in a, in a footballer's career? There's there's the debut, of course, and the times that you said there about Wembley, for uh, for example. But getting a call up for for Wales that must have been a really proud moment. No, definitely, especially just after the uh, the Euros, where the national yeah. team did really really well as well. Yeah. Um, no, that was a that was a Ricks obviously. On the bench a couple of times for Leicester towards the end of the season. Then I've got me call up to Wales, going away to. Then we went to LA uh, to play Mexico uh, in a friendly, and that was a really good couple of weeks. And again, you again training with top top players. It's, yeah, that's interesting because with with international camps, obviously you know you're not around each other all the time. Um, whereas you are obviously in club club football. It, it, how does that? differ obviously it doesn't feel like a holiday that sounds really stupid but it must be very you know it's very different isn't it in terms of going away like you say to LA or something like that to, to yeah. train and get together and you're meeting people from all different you know different clubs and, and what have you yeah but it's, especially with a team like Wales as well it's because you I came through the sort of youth setup with them as well like 16s yeah. 17s 18s, uh, 19s and 21s you sort because there's quite a few good young players there, it's like you sort of in that camp or in that squad with people you've been playing with for the last five, six years anyway. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of a, we had a, we had a good mix of sort of young and senior players in the squad to make it a little bit, making that transition, as you said, a little bit easier. Um, yeah. And obviously there were some top quality players in that team. And it was, again, it's a, it was a, it makes you a better player when you're playing with top, top quality players like that. Yeah, absolutely, of course. And like you said, they're a team that it, it proves it just done very, very well before before that call-up as well. Um, we mentioned earlier on in the pod around the loan spells. 
how important were the loan spells that you had at Scunthorpe and, and Den Haag? Well, yeah, that was, yeah, again, it was, again, it was what I wanted to be doing. I wanted to be playing football week in, yeah. week out. Um, obviously, my first year at Leicester, I did, I did well and it was, it was a good experience. I wasn't going to break into the, the first team at that time. Um, so it was important for me to go out and get some football and play some games. And I, I did enjoy my year with Scunthorpe as well. I think I played 40 games. Uh, that was a good experience. It was obviously living away from home again and, playing week in week out and then obviously the the Den Haag one was again a really good experience like I've always wanted to play abroad as well and that was my chance to do it I'm actually kind of good it got cut short because of Covid I was only there for a couple of months yeah Um, but living in a in a city like The Hague as well and playing for a team like that it was a really good experience yeah superb Um, it's an interesting one we always speak about this on the pod actually and there's a difference isn't there between between being fit and match fit how how much difference does that make like for you personally as a player like when you're playing like you say week in week out because you're you're doing it whereas in 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 training practice it's just a lot different how how does that compare for you massively I think I think there's a massive difference between obviously as you exactly like you said being fit and match fit um, but and again, there's only one way you're going to get match fit, and that is by playing games. Yeah, I suppose a confidence thing as well, isn't it? If you're doing decent, you know, decent stuff on on the pitch on a match day, it's it's different, isn't it, yeah. to doing it perhaps on the training ground? It happened. It happened to me this season as well. I, I got injured for a long period of time at the start of this season, and obviously coming back in, it was because the amount of games, the not many training sessions. Yeah, uh, so it's hard to sort of get back up to the speed required to be able to play at championship level. Um, uh, and again, the only way you're going to get up to the speed is by playing matches, but you're not going to be playing matches if you're not up to the speed. Yeah. It's sort of one of those. And yeah, because you, you can do all the running in the world and all the fitness work in the world, like out of outside of matches. But if you did a, if you did a yo-yo test or a bleep test or any sort of fitness test, you could be number one, number two and doing well at that. But if you haven't played any matches in a while and you went into a match, you'd be blowing up after 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I, I agree with that one. There's a massive difference between match fitness and normal fitness. Yeah, there's a big debate at the moment, isn't there, about Jordan Henderson for the England squad and how he hasn't played for a while. And, you know, people saying he should be should be there, but people saying he's not match fit. And I suppose it's exactly what you're saying, isn't it? It's a big difference. Yeah, no, it's sort of like, as you said as well, with the match sharpness as well, because again, you can be physically fit, but if you haven't been in that sort of, if you haven't been in the arena yeah, for a while, you need to, it'll take you a few games to get sort of back up to it again. It's why it's so difficult, isn't it, coming sometimes as a sub, coming into that pace of, of a game. It's, you, you just, you like you say, you're warming up on the on the touchline, but when you come into that, that match environment and it's a full tilt it's it's sometimes hard to to get involved isn't it especially with the intensity of the games as well it's sometimes it can be but but yeah no I completely agree with that statement and um you made the move to QPR in the summer of 2020 um how have you found it so far at QPR really I've really really enjoyed it um uh so I think it's it's a club I, I like everyone there. Everyone's good. Everyone gets on. It's a good family club, good community club, uh, and I've really enjoyed my time there so far. Um, had a had a good strong end to the season as well. The team yeah. did well as well. 
So I'm really looking forward to going back and having a good season next season. You say you uh, are excited to play at the Rico next season as well? I am. I've seen that in the news <laughs> and the uh, that uh, Coventry are back at the Rico as well. That's really good news. And uh, yeah. yeah, I am. Always, you'll be, uh, I'm always excited when I play Coventry. Yeah, I was going to say, are they are they the fi- couple of the fixtures you'll be having your eye on when they come out? I think it's later in June, isn't it? Yeah, later in June. Yeah, it's the first one I love for. I think last, I think, I remember when I was at Scunthorpe. Yeah, yeah. Coventry away was the first game of the season. That was it, yeah. Yeah, I can remember that one. That, that put a smile to my face. No, yeah. I'd do, I'd always, I would always like those games. I can remember the one uh, we had, that season at Scunthorpe, but our, our play at uh, Scunthorpe. Yeah, I was there for that. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Were you one of the ones? Nah, I wasn't giving you any stick, don't worry. <laughs> but I remember, I do remember it. Nah, and more, you, than entitled, more than entitled to do that. You know what cough fans are like, though? No, nah, but it's, actually, it's, all, it's all fun and games. Like, yeah, yeah, it's all, it's all just comp- comp- competitiveness, isn't it, really? So I, will, uh, I will always have love and respect for the yeah. comedy fans. I remember when I was there and all they did and all they supported me, so. Yeah, exactly. Well, I can say Jordan Willis got booed as well and he scored at Wembley, so. Yeah, yeah. Cup fans are tough on players for some reason, yeah. at least. It's, it's part and parcel, no, but especially yeah. the away fans as well. They were always unbelievable with me. Yeah. So, yeah, I will, I'll always have love for them, even if some don't have it back. Yeah, fair enough. And I was going to say, is it is it pleasing for you personally to see Coventry doing really well? Obviously, back in the Championship, obviously in the same league that you're playing in now. Is that is that pleasing for you? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, Coventry is a massive club and it, it, it should be up the leagues. Um, and yeah, I am I'm always look for the scores. I've still got friends that play there and I always want Coventry to do well. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to next season again and uh, hopefully I can uh, play against them again. Yeah, definitely. We're definitely looking forward to it as well. And hopefully as fans will be allowed in the grounds as well. Oh, yeah, um, that'll be good. Yeah, I was, I was really happy this season as well when the... The good, the good run of form towards the end, and uh, managed to stay up as well. They've done a really good job. Yeah, exactly. It looked a bit hairy after the QPR game, but then we seemed to bounce back. So it's all right. <laughs> flying towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Twelve points clear was pretty. We were pretty chuffed in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, George, that's all we've got time for this evening. It's it's been absolutely brilliant to have you on the pod and just chat through some of your memories. Obviously, that day at Wembley, I think we all we'll all remember for a long time. So. Yeah, on behalf of fans, just want to say a massive thank you for your commitment when wearing the shirt. Um, and, and yeah, thanks again for your time to come on the podcast. No worries, thanks for having me. It was good talking about it. Yeah, really appreciate it. And listeners, don't forget to check out our partner, Shortland Horn, across their Facebook, Instagram and Twitter pages. And as always, if you want to get involved with anything we've discussed on the show, all you need to do is use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.